the nonprofit MBA purpose is to provide new business insights and fresh creative ideas for executive directors and their teams that will help them improve their organization. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnik. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halasnik, and I will be your host for today's entrepreneur, well, excuse me, correction, nonprofit MBA podcast. I actually do two podcasts. Um, our guests probably don't know that. I do one called the Entrepreneur MBA podcast and one called the Nonprofit MBA podcast. Um, so this is the nonprofit one, of course. And I am co-founder of Financing Solutions, and we are the leading provider of lines of credit for nonprofits in the United States, believe it or not. Uh, we work with small nonprofits all the time. And if you're interested in learning more about our line of credit product, which is very popular, please visit our, our website at nonprofitmbapodcast.com. And today, I am very excited to be speaking with Joseph uh, Scarano from uh, Arrays. And today's topic is going to be how to read a nonprofit's financial statement and reports. Uh, Joseph is the CEO of Arrays, a software company whose sole focus is to provide cost-effective, comprehensive software management solutions to nonprofit organization. Joe has 10 years of experience as a CPA in a public accounting firm specializing in auditing and consulting nonprofits. And he, with 36 years of experience providing software solutions to nonprofits, Joe is dedicated to helping nonprofits be more accountable and more sustainable so they can better fulfill their mission. And Joe is a returning guest on the uh, Nonprofit MBA podcast. So I welcome Joe again. So Joe, we're going to try to take this, uh, most interesting topic. Uh, it's a very important topic, though, and we're going to really dive into what you know how to read a nonprofit's financial statement and reports. So, right off the bat, when we're talking about nonprofits' financial statements and reports, what are we talking about? Well, first, Steve, thanks for having me back. And um, when you add up the years, uh, forty-six years, uh, <laughs> it sounds like a lot, but it flew by. Yeah. Um, so. You know, with with my experience, you know, first as a um, accountant, CPA, auditor, mainly in the nonprofit sector, and now providing software solutions to the nonprofit sector, one of the common denominators that I find with the clients and nonprofits that we worked with um, over the years is um, a lot of them. Uh, I mean, they all have great intentions. You know, they whomever um, founded the nonprofit, you know established a mission, you know, the bottom line for them is not profits. Um, the bottom line for them is helping their communities. But the misconception that a lot of um, individuals have when they start a nonprofit or they're on the board for a nonprofit is um, they don't care about finances. We just want to do the work in our community and um, everything else will fall into place. But unfortunately, that's not the case. So uh, being a nonprofit doesn't mean I don't care about my finances. It's probably more important as a nonprofit to care about their finances and have a good understanding of how to read a financial statement in order for them to be sustainable, in order for them to be able to fulfill their mission and be an ongoing entity as a business. Even though it's a nonprofit business, you still need the resources to um, perform the um, duties that you have, um, you know, as a fiduciary for the nonprofit and, and making sure the nonprofit can um, uh, conduct their, their business, you know, in helping the community. So 
you know, a, a nonprofit set of financial statements, you know, like a for-profit um, includes uh, two main statements. Um, and of course, there's the budget, but the main financial reports is the statement of activities. But in a for-profit world, it's called the income statement. And that's called the statement of activities. And there's a sub report that comes off of that um, that's unique to nonprofits. And that's the statement of activities and changes to net assets. And then there's a statement of financial position, which in the for-profit world is called a balance sheet. So two main reports, statement of financial position, which is the balance sheet and statement of activities, which is the income statement. There's also, uh, I guess it's a sub-report. Uh, there's lots of sub-reports, right? But uh, a cash flow statement as well, That's right? Same. I mean, that that is not different. A cash flow statement is the same in all kinds of businesses because essentially that's measuring your um, sources and uses and changes in your cash position from period to period. You know, And it's, it's actually a very, very important report. It was when I started my first company, it was... It was the last thing that I started looking at. I, I didn't really know much about it. And then mm-hmm. my accountant showed me how valuable a cash flow yes. uh, a statement is. And it really basically tells you in a nutshell when cash is coming in, when expenses are going out, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah. when they're you know, that type of thing. Yeah. And, and um also it's not um, you know, what what are the purposes of the cash going out and what are the purposes of the cash coming in? You know, if it's um, payment of expenses or payment of payables, you know, that goes against the nonprofit statement of activities. If it's loans coming in or loan payments going out, that um, impacts the statement of financial position or balance sheet, which doesn't impact the income or expenses. So we remind our listeners what your software does again. Our software does what QuickBooks does. I mean, if, if you virtually everybody knows QuickBooks, but we like to call ourselves the QuickBooks for nonprofits. I'd say conservatively, 85% of our users come from QuickBooks or QuickBooks, um, other competitors, which is uh, Sage 50, used to be Peachtree, and uh, now there's zero. But the difference between our system and an off-the-shelf accounting package is ours does nonprofit accounting. So our system will create the proper nonprofit financial reports that a nonprofit needs, you know, to measure um, each of their program activities, measure whether or not uh, or track where their sources of revenue are, if it's designated or undesignated. So the majority of the people that switch from QuickBooks to a raises fast fund system is they finally throw in the towel. You know, there'll people there are people that'll tell them, well, QuickBooks will work for you, but it works up to a certain extent. Yes, it does allow you to record all your expenses. Yes, it does re- allow you to record all your receipts. But for a nonprofit, you need to know a lot more information as to the type of expense and the type of receipt that you're receiving. Plus, the financial statements for a nonprofit are much different than a for-profit, and the reporting and audit requirements and IRS reporting requirements are much different. So, for example, when if you have a nonprofit that has to do a full 990, the 990 expense report is broken down into three main 
what are referred to as functional areas. So every nonprofit expense has to be categorized. Um, you know, for most businesses, it's who and what. Who did I pay my, this expense to? The telephone company, the, our leaseor for our building, utilities, outside contractors. You know, that's who we paid. And what was it paid for? Rent, utilities, telephone, travel, and so on and so forth. Well, there's a third element when you're dealing with nonprofits, and that is why. Why did we incur this expense? Was it an expense associated with management in general? Um, was it... Sorry. <laughs> was it an expense associated with um, a mission-based program activity, or was it fundraising? So, so they have who we paid the expense to, what the expense was for, but most importantly for the nonprofit is the why. Why do we incur that expense? And that information is called functional expense reporting, and that is a requirement for all nonprofits, um, and especially if they, if they have to do uh, a 990. So, and let, let me take a step back to just to clarify too, because in, in the for-profit industry, uh, the, the, the nickname for the income statement is called a profit and loss statement. So right. if somebody happens to say to you, um, uh, do you have a profit and loss statement, which, which, you know, for a nonprofit, they might think that's weird. It's just they're, set, they're asking for an income statement. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, again, if the terminology um, is slightly different, but the information is uh, the same where you've got income minus expenses and it's not a profit or loss in the nonprofit world, it's referred to as your excess or deficiency because there is no profit. And there is no loss. It's, it's you know, am I um, adding to my net asset balance in the nonprofit world, which is the difference between your assets and liabilities in the for-profit world? It's owner's equity, um, retained earnings. There, there is no retained earnings in the nonprofit world. It's net assets. So you still have income and expenses, but the classification of the um, either excess or deficiency is referred to as, well, it, it's not profit or loss. It, it's excess or deficiency. Okay. So uh, let's go back to um, uh, what, when you are onboarding clients, right, to your software, um, do you find, what do you, what do you find, like, and for smaller nonprofits, what what do you find the glaring surprise that you see often when it comes to what they're not doing correctly? Well, unfortunately, everything. <laughs> because those smaller nonprofits, typically, they don't emphasize the importance of their finances. So, you know, if they have a bunch of volunteers, they just say, okay, you need to take care of our books. Well, you know, that person that is in charge uh, might not have any experience with accounting. They don't understand, you know, the difference between a debit or a credit or a revenue or expense, or what's the difference between a statement of activities and a statement of financial position. So, you know, they're thrown into this position unwittingly. And lots of times the nonprofit suffers because they don't have someone responsible. They, they really need to establish um, a budget, a, a line item, whether it's 
hiring an outside accounting firm, you know, a bookkeeping service to take care of their accounting. Um, and so that that's the big challenge that we have in providing the tools that a nonprofit needs to manage their finances, but we don't do the work, you know. So, I mean, a perfect case in point is the big thing now with, with accounting software is the ability to link your accounting software to your bank, where you can pull in bank feeds of all of the bank transactions that flow through your bank into your accounting system. Well, the problem with that is that does not do your accounting. Basically, all you're getting into your accounting system is your credits to your bank account, which is your revenue or receipts, and the debits to your bank account, which is the money going out of your bank account and expenses. Well, the bank doesn't know why you paid uh, John Smith $200 yesterday or what is made up of the $1,000 credit to your bank account that came in today. It just shows $1,000 credit or $200 payment to um, one of your vendors. Uh, so a lot of people think, well, I need software that's going to um, sync with my bank and then I don't have to worry about doing anything else. Uh, perfect uh, example of that is a small um, uh, animal shelter that was very interested in our software. The woman who started the shelter had no idea on how to manage her accounting. And she was relying on the bank feeds for all of her accounting data. So, you know, we, we took the time to examine her present system and how the data was coming into her system from the bank. The present system she had was allowing her to do bank feeds. So there was $5,000 that came in one day and I said to her, so what is this $5,000? Well, it's a lot of different things. It's um, people paying for adoption fees. It's people paying for having their uh, dogs or cats neutered or, or vaccinated. It's donations. It's, it's all these different things make up this $5,000. I said, well, your bank doesn't have that information. The bank is pulling it from your credit card processor and your credit card processor, it has some of that detail, but not all of it. They just know that someone paid you $100. They don't know why they paid you $100. So that's where, you know, there's a shortfall in communication between, you know, the, the owners, I'm not owners, I'm sorry, the executives, the board, the treasurers of nonprofits, and what's really what they're responsible for, for proper stewardship and recording of all their financial transactions. So she needed to dig into two different um, applications that she uses. One that's designed for animal shelters, where someone where they log who the who the adoptee is of the of the pet, uh, what they paid for the adoption, what they paid for um, vaccinations and shots for the the animals that they adopted, and and on top of that, if they made a donation. So someone might give them two hundred and fifty dollars, but that's split four different ways. So yeah. the software that was tracking that is really her main source of the um, of the information she needed to track in her accounting system so she can record adoption fees, donations and uh, fees for um, vaccinations and, and other uh, preventive shots that they give to the animals that are being adopted. OK, so um, so let's let's talk about the income statement. Okay. And the other name that you gave it is? Statement what? of um, Activities. 
statement of activities. Yeah. So, you know, let's explain what that report is, how it should be used, the okay. frequency of how it should be reviewed, um, and and you know the things that you need to kind of be uh, okay. from a, a layman's perspective, a, a, a simple things that go sure. wrong. So, so the first thing is you have um, the types of revenue. You've got program service revenue. So the example of the animal shelter. Adoption fees would be classified as program service revenue. That's revenue for the services they provide. Then there's contributions, donations. Then maybe they get a grant. So there's grant income. And all of these sources and types of revenue need to be outlined when you do your 990. Then there's also fundraising event revenue. Let's say that they had a bake sale, you know, or a 5K run, and the nonprofit needs to track um, who are the sponsors at this event. That's referred to as fundraising um, event revenue, which is different than a charitable contribution. And then the um, statement of activity has to break out whether or not the revenue received was designated for a specific purpose um, and the nonprofit has not yet met the obligations of that designation. So those funds, that revenue has to be held in the with donor designation fund. A fund in in a nonprofit financial statement is like um, a company within a company. Um, Every fund will have its own statement of activities showing revenue designated or undesignated and expenses. And so um, for a nonprofit, when we get to talk about the statement of financial position, um, there's two classes of net assets. Is there money that is unrestricted that the nonprofit could use any uh, wherever they find it's most necessary? Or is it money that's been received but is designated for a specific purpose? Um, and they can't use it until they meet the the regulations of of the designation. So, for example, let's say you get a grant that starts in 2023. You might get that $50,000 grant today in 2022, but it's designated for a grant program um, in 2023. So that money has to go into the designated fund. So that's the way they classify their um, income either you know the, the type of income and whether it's designated or undesignated. Then when it comes to their expenses, technically a nonprofit does not have restricted expenses. They have restricted income. So if you look at a statement of activities, the column that's designated should not have expenses in that column. There's only revenue. What you will see is revenue released from restrictions. So once the nonprofit has met the uh, restriction, um, whatever the grant restrictions are or donor restrictions are, they could move that revenue from the designated fund to the undesignated fund or the restricted fund to the unrestricted fund. So the unrestricted fund then breaks down the expenses by type of expense, salaries, payroll taxes, fringe benefits, utilities, rent, so on and so forth. But each one of those expenses has to have a why. Is it a program expense? Is it you know for our group home, for our homeless shelter, for our food pantry? Or is it um, administrative expenses, um, management in general, you know, the general operations of the nonprofit, 
or is it money that the nonprofit spent to raise funds? You know, how much money did they spend to put on their 5K run? How much money did they spend to maintain their uh, website donation page? Um, or are they do bulk emails to solicit donations or bulk, you know, snail mail to solicit donations? So it's a either a program expense or what's referred to as a support service expense, which is either management in general or admin or fundraising. And uh, a lot of people, when they make a donation to a nonprofit, they might uh, do some research on the nonprofit, go to a, a site like GuideStar, which typically has um, every nonprofit who files a 990, they have a copy of that 990. And a lot of people will know, well, how much... Um, what is the percentage of their management in general and fundraising costs to their program costs? You know, are they spending an inordinate, an inordinate amount of money on admin as opposed to program? So that's really, really important for a nonprofit. Yeah. And I think it comes down to, so there's, there's a couple of reasons why it's so important to get this right. Not the, you know, one, your 990 needs to be correct. Right. And mm -hmm. if you have everything grouped together, you can't fill out the 990, you know. Number two is if you really want to do a good job of managing your income and expenses for your organization, you have to know in detail where the money is coming from or going out. Exactly. And what's also really important is when, when you're able to break out your financial reports by your programs, you know, if you have more than one program, you're able to measure, are we bringing in enough resources for this program to cover the expenses? Is this program sustainable? Yes. Um, so you, they need to either, you know, if it's not sustainable, they, they have to make an executive decision. You know, we, we need to ramp up you know, raising more funds so we can continue to operate our food pantry or group home uh, or shelter. Uh, and if, if they continue to run at a deficiency, then as a nonprofit, they will not be able to become, you know, be, be sustainable. They can't continue. And um, they, you know, in, they need to take a look at, you know, potential additional revenue sources in order to keep, you know, their programs active and, um, and alive. So let's, let's move on to the balance sheet. Okay. Um, and let's talk about what the balance sheet is used for. Well, the balance sheet shows you what the net worth is of a company. The, essentially the balance sheet for for-profits and nonprofits is the same. You have your assets, which are your cash, your receivables, your prepaid expenses, your fixed assets, um, and then you have your liabilities, which are your unpaid bills, payroll taxes due. If you have any loan payables, you know, that is exactly the same as a for-profit business. The difference is when you get down to the, in a for-profit balance sheet, it's the owner's equity, which is made up of stock that was issued and the retained earnings. What, what were the prior year's profits and losses in this company that accumulate in retained earnings. Whereas in the nonprofit world, it's not retained earnings, it's net assets. And there's two classes of net assets, money that is unrestricted 
So it's, um, it's funds that uh, the excess of deficiency from previous years in the unrestricted fund, and then there's restricted um, net assets, money that is held or assets that are held by the nonprofit that are designated for a future purpose. Uh, the other main thing that uh, you have to understand is nonprofits don't have owners, whereas a business has an owner. And if a business liquidates, and if there's anything left after liquidating, that is distributed to the owners, whether it's stock, you know, buyouts or cash distributed to the owners. If a nonprofit shuts down, there are no owners. And if there happens to be any reserves in the net asset um, um, balances or after everything's liquidated, they have still have assets. Those assets need to be distributed to other nonprofits by IRS regulations or return to the original um, donors or grantors of those assets. It can't, you know, you can't distribute it to the board or the executive directors. Right. What happens, so uh, on the balance sheet too, it would show you carry over from the year prior. Which is the net assets. It's the net assets. Right. So, um, okay. So what have you noticed when you go from, when your clients go from QuickBooks, I know you talked about the the importing from the bank uh, of the of the uh, credit card data, um, but what have you noticed the biggest difference between? I mean, I would think. Let, let me just put my two cents in. I would think the fact that you're talking the language of nonprofit accounting versus if you call QuickBooks, if you can, they they may not understand the accounting of nonprofits as well as you guys do. Is that accurate? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, one of the major differences, um, you know, assuming that whomever is in charge of the accounting bookkeeping and has properly recorded their receipts and their disbursements, you know, the receipts and the money coming in and their disbursements, their expenses going out, that they properly classified them into the who, what, and why categories, you know, who they paid, what they paid for, and why they paid it. Um, when they generate a financial statement from the fast fund system, they get uh, a complete set of financial reports that breaks down their activity by designation. Is it restricted or unrestricted? And by functional area, how much money did we bring in? for our shelter, for our food pantry, and what were the expenses for the shelter and the food pantry. And they are able to get bottom line numbers, excess or deficiencies for each of their functional areas. And you know that information flowing into the statement of financial position, they can see, um, are they uh, running their uh, operations, their nonprofit at a deficiency where their net assets show that they're, you know, they they have um, liabilities essentially that exceed their assets, or are they in a a, a financial, a healthy financial position? Gotcha. You know, so all right, so we're we're gonna wrap it up, and it's just you know the the key here is every month you should be reviewing and looking at your income statement, your balance sheet, and also your cash flow statement. Exactly. And that's probably the best practices. If you're not doing that now, then you should be doing that. And as you're doing that, you can then start to probably fix some of the accounting issues that you've had. 
the other thing I would tell everybody is, listen, unless you're an accountant, nobody is born with the ability to look at an income statement, a cash, uh, a balance sheet and a cash flow and know exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's overwhelming. Yes. And, and if you, all you need to do is just start. If you start what you're going to find in a year and two years and three years that you'll, you'll know it. You'll start asking questions. Mm-hmm. You'll ask your accountant, your bookkeeper, what's this? Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Oh, why aren't, why don't we have this as a direct fund, uh, a direct uh, funder funding versus the uh, indirect? You know, wh- I need to have that. I mm-hmm. need to have the two. Right. Yep. And then you start to really kind of know your balance sheet. Is that accurate to say? Yes. Yeah. Um, again, when, when you are presented financial reports from a system that is not set up for nonprofits, you don't have the underlying details that you need to run your organization. It, you know, you 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 can see, oh, we have X amount in revenue and Y amount in expense. And this is our profit and loss, you know, coming out of QuickBooks. But, you know, behind all those numbers, there's much more important information that you need to um, gather, you know, as a nonprofit executive, as a board member, you know, someone who's fiduciary, you know, is responsible and in a fiduciary um, way for that nonprofit. They need to know, you know, how much money did we did we spend in admin? You know, our administrative costs are way out of line as to what they should be. Um, you don't get that, you, you know, from a QuickBooks system. So, gotcha. you know, we, we provide them with the tools to give them the information they need, you know, that will help them manage their their nonprofit. And, you know, once they understand, you know, how to read it, you know, how to drill down from the top line numbers to the bottom, you know, underlying information that's feeding up to that, it gives them much more information and much better information to help them, you know, in their roles um, in the nonprofit. All right. Good stuff. So that's really kind of all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank so very much, Joseph Scarano from Araize. It's A-R-A-I-Z-E for coming on today's podcast. So we like and to say, uh, you work hard, you deserve a raise. There you go. I like it. Yeah. And if you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. If you like today's podcast, please give us a review, uh, five stars, and uh, to help us get the word out. And of course, if you're looking for a line of credit for your nonprofit, you can call us at 862-207-4118 or visit our website at nonprofitmbapodcast.com. Joe, if anyone wants to reach out to you, how would they go about doing that? Best thing to do is just go to our website, go to arrays.com, and you'll have all the information you need to um, uh, regarding our fast fund software and how to reach out to us, how to sign up for a demo or a trial version. And Steve, I really appreciate you having me back. Um, uh, very interesting conversation. Uh, the, like the 46 years flew by, these 30 minutes flew by. Good. Yeah, for <laughs> us too. I learned a lot. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I always end my podcast this way. I want to thank our listeners. You might think I'm going to say for listening. I'm not. I'm going to thank our listeners for making the world a better place. Um, you guys are out there in the front lines. You're doing all the hard work. I thank you for that. We, sure, we certainly need your help. I know Joe and I need to do our part too in, our, in our, the way that we can. 
but you guys are out there every day and I want to thank you for that. Just don't, don't forget, you got to take some time out for yourself. Take good care of yourself. You know, good to your cause, your family, or your life if you don't take good care of yourself. So do that as well. Everybody have a great day. Thank you.